And welcome back to another episode of the 8 Tracks, Cassettes, and Stereos podcast, episode 26. As always, you can find the 8 Tracks, Cassettes, and Stereos podcast every other Friday on both Spotify and Apple Podcast. And as always, if you're on old Instagram, make sure you give us a like, subscribe, share, tell your friends to follow us at the handle 8 Tracks, Cassettes, Stereos. My name is Nick. What's up, gang? It's Mike. I love Mike. <laughs> I could probably hear it in my voice, but uh, your boy here is uh, off the schneid. He's feeling better. Got a little oh. bounce in my step tonight. I'm feeling good. Ready to ride for another great episode here. And uh, got some fun stuff on the docket. But before I get into that... Uh, we were hashing up a couple of uh, trivia questions before the show started here based on some recent vinyl purchase, purchases that I just made. Um, and I floated it out there before, but I want to see if you uh, had a couple of guesses for this one. So for context, just bounced over to the old Reckless Record shop in Lakeview in Chicago, picked up two very solid albums. Um, first of which was Marshall Tucker Band, um, Searching for a Rainbow. And this is where the trivia question comes into into play. Um, do you know who plays the guitar solo on Fire on the Mountain by the Marshall Tucker Band? You got the fiddle players. The fiddle player in on most of the songs is the uh, the great Charlie Daniels, old Chuck. But it was a good guess. Yeah. When I said Jerry Garcia. It's not Jerry Garcia. It's nobody that's in the uh it's nobody that's in the dead. I, I would say it's a good guess. It's a famous guitar player. Very famous. From the seventies. Doesn't sound like Eric Clapton. Because like guitar players like that play lap steel, you can tell who it is. Yeah. They have that that twist stick thing. stick with jerry garcia use that as the anchor and i'll i'll give you one more guess jerry garcia is the anchor 70s yeah. southern rock um i don't know old richard dicky bats no! Dude, I told you, oh, stick with Jerry. Man. Stay stay I around that. Okay, I can see that now. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Old Dickie Betts played the guitar solo on the uh the all-time smash hit by the Marshall Tucker band. Or that wasn't before the Almond Brothers, though. <laughs> the album came out in 75, so Almond was already a thing. Wow. So yeah, Dickie pretty Betts. Dicky Betts, very versatile. Yeah. True legend. So figured you'd appreciate that one. Um, Searching for a Rainbow is an all time great album. So happy to uh, tuck that one in the collection. And also picked up Don't Say No by Billy Squire. Classic album from 1981. It has In the Dark, The Stroke, My Kind of Lover, Lonely is the Night. Shout out Billy Madison. When uh, whenever I hear the stroke, I think of that movie, classic flick and classic album. So a couple of big finds on the docket today. But what I really wanted to get into on today's show is uh, a lot of musical current events. You know, I feel like when we start the start a new year, that's when usually albums are getting announced. Concert announcements are happening, tours and the likes of that. So I wanted to just do. A bit of a rapid fire on some tour announcements that recently came out. And then also touch on some new music that I've been listening to recently that's come out um, the last few weeks. So to kick it off with the tour announcements. Um, and these are all just ones that I've I've heard of recently. So obviously there could be tons more, but just a few I wanted to highlight here. Um, starting off with Jason Aldean, if you're a big country music uh, fan. He's uh, been doing a tour for the last year, but he's extending it into 2024. Um, same thing, uh, the Brothers Osborne, you know, maybe a little bit less known, but uh, still a very solid group. Um, they're going to be starting a North American tour in 2024. Kenny Chesney 
is going to be touring with Zach Brown Band on a huge American uh, tour in 2024. Um, classic rock fans will maybe know that Billy Joel is extending tours into 2024 and has announced a couple of special guests at a few of his shows, including Sting and Stevie Nicks, who will be performing with him in Chicago uh, in the summer of this year. Uh, Third Eye Blind is starting an American tour in 2024. Pink is extending her tour from last year into uh, 2024 in some select cities, so keep an eye out for that. And then we might have touched on it a couple of episodes when we were talking about uh, Christmas and whatnot, but the Rolling Stones obviously are going to be starting their Hackney Diamonds tour um, in a couple of months here. So definitely some, some fun stuff to be looking forward to. Uh, in the current year, a lot of big artists are going to be going on tour. So make sure that you uh, check the tour schedule, see if they're coming to a town near you and uh, and go listen to some tunes. Um, and then in conjunction with that, uh, Green Day, they are going to be going out on tour in 2024, uh, which is coinciding with the release of a new album of theirs, which will be dropping uh, on the day that you guys are actually listening to this episode. Uh, January 19th, uh, and it's called Saviors, if you've been a little bit out of the loop on that. They released a couple of singles off it. I think they're up to four now. So, uh, And the one they most recently released is called One-Eyed Bastard. Wanted to get your thoughts on it. Wanted to get your thoughts on the a uh, couple of singles they've released overall. I listened to all four of them, and I uh, I really like them. They're not, uh, well, I mean, they're not uh, close to, like, the 90s, 2000s Green Day, but, like, it doesn't need to be. Yeah. They still sound great. They still have that, like, that iconic sound, and I think it was really um, good to listen to and uh, listen to see what they've been up to now. So, I, overall, I really enjoyed it. Yeah. I was in a similar boat. I liked... Look Ma, No Brains, and The American Dream is Killing Me. Dilemma was a, is a decent song. TBH, when I listened to One-Eyed Bastard, which again is the new single they just dropped uh, this past week, the only thing that I could think of was uh, the Pink song that's like, So what? I'm still a rock star. I got my rock moves. Yeah. Like It was almost identical guitar uh riffs and like for whatever reason i just like could not get it out of my head i don't know why but um maybe that's why i didn't sounded really close to yeah it's a solid song don't get me wrong but that's the only thing i could uh i could hear when i was listening to it uh earlier today so just thought that was a little bit funny but yeah overall i'm pretty pumped for the album i think it's gonna be solid um we'll see if it's more like their classic sound or if it's uh more similar to the stuff they've been releasing over the last couple of years, which hasn't been bad. Um, so don't want that to be misconstrued or anything like that. But yeah, definitely pumped and got the calendar circled for the 19th here. Um, and then also new, uh, more new music announcements. The Killers uh, just announced that they're going to be dropping, uh, or I think they've already dropped, a greatest hits album called Rebel Diamonds. And it's actually going to, it actually features a new song called Spirit. So similarly, wanted to get your thoughts on that one as well. I uh, did not like it. I'm also not the biggest Killers fan. But I did not have a lot of enjoyment listening to it. Why is that? Just not a fan? Not feeling the vibe? I don't know. They're just, I don't know. It's it's It doesn't sound like the uh, the classic Killers. Yeah, what if I told you I also was not a huge fan? <laughs> I like the Killers. I like the Killers a lot. Um, definitely more a fan of their early stuff, obviously. And then the th- the music that they were releasing in like the late 2000s and then early 2010s. They've come out with some pretty good songs recently, so don't want that to be misconstrued. I really like the Battleborn album that came out in 2012. Um, and some of their newer songs have been kind of hit or miss for me. Um, this one though, definitely was not a fan. Born album from Skyrim. 
I don't know if I've I don't know if I necessarily have comments on that one, but uh, yeah. Similarly, was not a huge fan of this one. Uh, I don't know. I just wasn't really feeling the vibe. Maybe it's similar to you, but it just wasn't really something that uh, it just didn't really track with the classic killers. It was pretty pretty buns. Yeah, not a big fan. But kind of crazy to think that they're already at a point in their career where they're releasing greatest hits albums. That kind of makes me feel old. Um, but I do want to say more though. These are suggestions. You don't have to think the way we think. We're just sharing our <laughs> yeah. opinion. Yeah, always just preface that this is just a suggestion, so good yes. catch there. Yes, sorry. <laughs> um, but yeah, definitely pumped for some new music that's going to be coming out this year, whether you like it or not. It's cool that uh, artists that we enjoy are re- still releasing new music. Um, and then obviously, like the tour announcements, like I mentioned before, definitely make sure you snatch up the ticks while they're still available or before they get too expensive. But not deer ticks, though. Deer ticks are not good. Yeah, don't tickets. Th- yeah, yeah, should have prefaced that. Thanks. Good no catch. Deer, no deer ticks, guys. No, no. Um, but yeah, I guess other than that, you know, not a whole lot going on for me. Like I guess I bought a couple of new albums, like I just mentioned. Work is starting to heat up. Uh, so I'm sure the next couple of weeks are going to be a great time. Um, but yeah, I'll probably just be using the tunes to to get me through a couple of rough weeks here. And then hopefully I'm, I'm back and better than ever by the end of the month. But uh, yeah. figured I'd kick it over to you, see what you've been up to recently, and and to dive into your uh, your favorite segment as well. We uh, went back to school this week. Already changed my plans. I'm tired of hearing kids complaining about me trying to come up with fun things to do. So we're going to take it back a couple years and go back to the old-fashioned, which I'm uh, kind of excited for. Always got to try something new. I've been playing a lot of BG3 still. You know, my, my new game, Baldur's Gate 3. It's fantastic for all you D&D players. Got to play it. One game of the year. Um, Made some gumbo. Oh, boy. For you guys who do not know, I'm a pretty big cook. So I made some gumbo, boiled the crawfish. Some jumbo. Peeled the crawfish myself. Put a little andouille sausage in there. Served it over a little bit of rice. Homemade stock, too, with a little Kroger uh, rotisserie chicken. Had a boy. But I feel rejuvenated after my two weeks off from break, so. Glad to hear. Yeah. Uh, But I'm a little disappointed. uh, I think I got to go back on the old coffee train. Jump back on the train. Slave to the bean, man. I've been been too tired in the morning, and... uh, yeah. Gotta gotta start drinking the nectar again. Yeah, boy. Yeah. Well you wanna dive into you wanna dive into your favorite segment? Oh baby. Back in business for on this day, day, day in music, 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 historical analysis. Um we're gonna do uh January nineteenth. We're going to start in 1963. Our favorite band, the Bet Boys, the Beatles, the Beatles, the Beatles, made their first national TV appearance in the UK on Thank Your Lucky Stars, performing, take a guess. Love Me Do. No. Please 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 Me. That was my second guess. Yeah, which is also a really underrated album. Love that album. Oh, and now that we're on the Please Please Me conversation, Danny has Please Please Me. I kept thinking that I told him not to buy it. He has it. Good. Got to have that one in the collection. You'll have to do some inspecting next time you go over to his house. You know, look it up on the old Discogs. It's not. I looked it up already. It's from like 70-something. It's not bad for a reissue. It's not bad for a reissue, though. Like 10 years after the original, probably. Uh, 1967, the Monkees were at number one on the UK singles with I'm a Believer, their only number one hit. Do you know who actually composed the song? No. Neil Diamond. <laughs> oh, old Neil, boy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Did not know that. Yeah. 
1967, the Beatles began recording A Day in a Life. Um, Great at song. Abbey Road Studios. Oh, One of the most song. iconic Beatles songs of all time. Yeah. Trivia question about that one. Uh, if you didn't know, it, uh, the song has the world record for the longest uh, sustained note in recorded music history. The last note of the song um, is held for, I don't know what the exact amount of time is, but um, it, it holds a record for the longest sustained note held in music history. So pretty cool. I, uh, I do enjoy the ending. Um, in 1980, the Pretenders scored their first UK number one hit with their third single, and a brass in pocket. Brass in pocket. What the heck was that? That's the brass in pocket imitation. <laughs> Jeez, God. You need to work on that one a little bit. That song sucks. Well, actually, you know, we're talking about bands that have female lead vocalists. Someone gave us feedback a couple weeks ago saying that we should start talking about more bands with female vocalists. All right. Noted. Sorry. If we're, if we're not giving enough uh, credence to female artists, uh, we'll make sure we uh, put that in the files and, and get yeah. on that. Um, in 1988, Bon Jovi and Motley crew manager Doc McGee pleaded guilty to importing more than 40,000 pounds of marijuana into the U.S. via a shrimp boat. <laughs> Attaboy, Bubba Gumps. Bubba Gumps importing weed, attaboy. 40,000 pounds. That is a shit wow. ton. <laughs> Yeesh. 1993, Fleetwood Mac reformed to perform at Bill Clinton's inauguration. The band's Don't Stop Believing was used as the theme for his campaign. In 1980, Wait, hold on, Carl hold on, Irvine hold on, died. hold on, slow down, slow down. You just said Fleetwood Mac performed, but Don't Stop Believing was his oh, campaign sorry. song. Sorry. The band's Don't Stop. Yeah, Don't, don't Stop. stop. About tomorrow. Dude, was that just a slip of the tongue or is Steve feeding was, you wrong info? That was Steve feeding me wrong info. He's currently sleeping on the job. Son of a bitch. Yeah. I Don't Stop Believing was used for somebody else's, I think. I don't remember which. 2005 White Sox. Yeah, that's what it is. Yeah, it's that. <laughs> not a politician. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. 1998, Carl Perkins died. All right, um, Never forget. It's been quoted, if there were no Carl Perkins, there would be no Beatles. Paul McCartney quoted that. Very influential in early classic rock. Mm-hmm. In 2001, Paul McCartney became the first pop star billionaire. Atta boy. Um, Our boy. And then... That's pretty much it. That's solid is, on this day. Yeah, the rest is just people getting sued. You know. Yeah, we don't really care about people getting sued. Even Tyler makes his debut as a judge on American Idol. Who cares? Who cares? Buns. Solid though. Little John Bon Hovi, little weed getting imported by Bubba Gump. You know, little, little Beatles. Heavy Beatles. Heavy Beatles. That's brass in pocket. There you go. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I'm surprised that there were no milestones from the uh get back sessions on this day. But that boy. Yeah. But yeah, solid on this day segment. I guess if you got nothing else, I think we could probably transition into some Vinyl Friday recaps. A couple of fun ones here for the folks. Uh, the first of which we're going to kick it off with is Ario Speedwagon's High Infidelity. Great album. To give a couple of quick hidden facts, Ario Speedwagon's High Infidelity hit store shelves in November of 1980. It's actually the band's ninth studio album, oddly enough. I was When I was doing the research, I did not realize that it was their ninth studio album, but I digress. Um, and this was actually a big rebound album for the band. After a bit of a downturn following their highly successful album, You Can Tune a Piano, But You Can't Tune a Fish, 
another classic ario speedwagon album with a massive tuna fish on the cover the tuning fork in his mouth classic but to get back to the matter at hand here um this was a huge rebound album like i mentioned um it contains a lot of great great uh 1980s and classic rock hits such as uh don't let him go keep on loving you and take it on the run and you know those songs alone big hits all-time uh classic rock songs but um if you actually read into the lyrics of the songs and read into the song titles uh, you'll realize that this is actually a concept album um, with many of the songs and lyrics as i mentioned chronicling a tortured romantic love story um you know wondering if the if your partner is cheating on you deciding whether to stay or go or leave the relationship so kind of a cool album and the the title is also a, a pun or a playoff of uh hi-fi as well and like stereo equipment and like high infidelity like infidelity cheating all that stuff so kind of a cool album very cool interesting concept album in general but um the album like i said highly successful um it's been certified 10 times platinum and many of the songs were some of the biggest hits of the decade so with all of that in mind wanted to get your thoughts on this one and also wanted to get your thoughts on ario speedwagon overall as a band love love ario speedwagon u of i alums kevin cronin's from evanston yeah shout out champagne illinois for all you for all you champagneites out there what dormitory did ario speedwagon have band practice in you have to think of probably the old dorms uh I'm going to go P-A-R. No, keep going. L-A-R. No. I-S-R. Yes. And boy, Illinois Street Residence Hall. Let's ride. Yes. Big fan. Yeah, because I-S-R was the the engineering one, right? The one where yeah, the it was by the, it's by the engineering quad, so. Yeah, that's that's where it was, yeah. Which, because I, I thought that was interesting when I read that, I was like, "Oh, okay, that was freaking weird." Yeah, special uh, shout out, Illinois. Yeah, I love it. ISR action. But Ario, overall, what are your thoughts? Uh, you better fact check me on that one. Um, no, I like them. This is one of my first albums that I actually got. Um, I, I loved it. It's, uh, it's great. It starts off really nice. Don't let them go unbelievable song to start an album with it's just fun to listen to got a great um, baseline on it too in your letter that's a good one but i mean you can't go wrong with keep on loving you take it on the run man like those are those are two of their top songs um i mean i'm a huge can't fight this feeling anymore fan and time for me to fly but those two are I can't not on this album I know, but like those two are iconic Ario Speedwagon, and they're in the same album. That's why it's great. I think everybody that is collecting, and again, this is a suggestion. <laughs> everybody, <laughs> everybody that collects records should have this record. It's yeah. enjoyable. You're not going to find it for very expensive. And you'll put it on. You'll be like, oh, this is fantastic. And I probably have listened to it. And I haven't listened to it all the way through in, a, in a, probably a really long time, but I used to put it on all the time. Yeah, it's a jam. I would, but again, it's maybe, a suggestion. Yeah, it's just a suggestion. Um, I think I would put Ario Speedwagon in the same category as like Foreigner, Bad Company, like yeah. those kind of bands. Like definitely yeah. ones that I feel like sit below the surface of like iconic, iconic bands, but like are awesome in their own right and i feel like don't get enough shine uh so that's why i wanted to feature it as vinyl friday because like if you think about classic rock from the 70s and 80s and i think this album actually is a really good bridge between like the rock of the 70s and rock in the 80s um and like you can kind of hear it in like some of the songs and like the style starting to shift a little bit from like like the you can tune a piano type of songs that they were playing in like the mid 70s um but couple, you a <laughs> couple of other good deep cuts on this one tough guys 
out of season and shaken loose are a couple of other jams that I wanted to highlight. And yeah, follow my heart. That's the third song on the album. Like, as you can see, like I mentioned before, like if you just rattle off the song titles, you can kind of see how this is a concept album about like a, uh, you know, a romantic relationship and stuff like that. So, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Um, but I guess any parting shots on this one before we uh go ahead and make a a little bit of a transition. Just a suggestion, but definitely get it. Yeah, this was an early. This was an early addition to my collection as well. You know, I feel like we are obviously influenced by Dad and his taste in music, and he's a big REO guy. Saw him at the uh, Red Lion when yeah, they yeah. Uh, they came to Champagne. They did yeah. a little surprise show at the Red Lion. If you know, you know, sort of thing. So. Harry Rickrath, rest in peace, man. P. Never forget. He actually write is was like pretty big and influential in a lot of the songwriting. Yeah. So. Cronin gets a lot of the credit, but he also he also was there too. And yeah. fun fact, Kevin Cronin, not the original singer of Ario Speedwagon. Yeah. I'm pretty sure he came on uh into the band on the uh You Can Tune a Piano album. So You actually can tune a fish. You can tune a fish. So different type of tuning, but you know, I digress. Bluefin, yeah. Um, I guess with that, we could probably transition into our next recap here. Um, one that was a little bit off the, uh, off the reservation for me, not in the sense that it's not a big album, because as you'll, you'll come to find out in a few minutes, it's a massive album, but definitely one that I have in my collection that sometimes I forget about. It's a recent purchase in the last year. And I looked for it for a long time, actually a, a solid copy of it. I've seen pretty beat up ones in stores before but i was i was holding out for a good one i finally added it last year uh, if you'll maybe remember from the summer um the but not to bury the lead anymore the album is peter frampton frampton comes alive exclamation mark <laughs> but to give a couple of uh quick hidden facts um the album was released in january 1976 so celebrating a recent anniversary uh, so topical final Friday as well. Um, the album was released following four straight studio albums uh, released by Frampton that really were not gaining any traction for him. Um, you know, I was thinking about giving up music, wasn't really making it big. Um, his songs weren't getting that much radio airtime. And then he releases this album and it's like a rocket ship to the moon. You know, it's his big break, but like it was a massive break. Um and to go deeper into the album itself it's a live album of three different shows performed during the summer and fall of 1975 and over the course of time it has gone on to become one of the best selling live albums of all time definitely one of the most iconic and many people often actually ended up knowing his songs and becoming a fan of him because of this album and that's because, in my opinion, and I feel like in the opinion of others, obviously, the live versions of these songs are way better than the studio yeah. versions. Oh, 100%. Like, you don't even hear, like, when they get it, radio airtime now, you're not playing the studio not, versions yeah, of these songs. The live version. Yeah. yeah. It's always the live versions from this album. And the album went on to sell, has gone on to sell 20 million copies worldwide, 8 million in the US alone. And when I read off a couple of the hits, I think you'll know why this is such a smash, uh, smash hit in general. But uh, this album includes Show Me the Way, Baby, I Love Your Way, and Do You Feel Like I Do. So, you know, with all of that in mind and all of that out there on the table, wanted to get your thoughts on Frampton Comes Alive. Ooh, boy. Frampton Comes Alive exclamation point. Do you Can't know forget the exclamation do you know one of the venues that this was performed at? Uh, give me like a region of the country. Oh, it's the West Coast. Uh, Winterland Ballroom. Yes, he was going to give it away. Unbelievable. Classic, 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 uh, iconic music venue in california san francisco yeah. right i believe uh, oh yeah, yeah 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 home of the grateful dead they they had a residency there they always perform there 
Um, no, I really like this. I, I own it. It was one of uh, the ones I got in college early on. Um, how can you, you can't go wrong with show me the way, baby, I love your way. And do you feel like we do? The talk box, man. It's one of the best albums of all time. Uh, at one point, Rolling Stone put it as 41 on the greatest live albums of all time. It's on the list of the... Should be higher. One, it's one of the lists of the top whatever albums of all time. It's one of the best albums of all time. Um, they played Jumpin' Jack Flash with Mick Jagger and Keith Richards. It's And it closes with Do You Feel Like We Do. Unbelievable. Yeah. It's, it's fantastic. I might go listen so, to it, honestly, after yeah. we're done recording. I might, I might have to as well. I mean, I this this person that I I'm not giving the person the satisfaction for getting me this for Christmas, but somebody got me a talk box for Christmas, and I broke it. You broke it? Cause I didn't have a mic. Oh. Fixed, I think. Cause so you can play it without. You plug your guitar into it, and then you plug an output into the amp, and then the talk box, when you hit the switch, becomes a little amplifier, and the song, the, the, the noise goes up the tube, and then it goes into your mouth and bounces off your mouth, and it gets sent back out into a microphone. Well, I didn't have a microphone, so I was playing with it, and I think I blew the speaker inside. Rascals. But I got a talk box because I loved this album so much. I feel like Talkbox sales probably skyrocketed back in the day because yeah. of this album. Had to have. Yeah. Transport yourself back to the... Uh, it's just a little box with a tube on it, and it's the goal is to, whatever you play, uh, you click the button, and the sound from your guitar goes through the Talkbox, up the tube. You put the tube in your mouth, the sound bounces off your mouth, and then it goes out the microphone. So like if you ever put your mouth on the bottom of your phone and like heard the like when you're like playing music, it reverberates. It's the same idea, but with like your instruments. And it's like he uses it almost in every song on the album. Yeah. Um but it's pretty it's cool a Frampton signature style. Yeah. Yeah. Little Peter F. Yeah. Correct me if I'm wrong here, but isn't uh don't they use a talk box on Living on a Prayer, the Bon Jovi song? Yeah. It's so like the opening guitar riff of like the boom, 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 oh, no, no, no. That, that's like on the talk box, which is pretty cool. So. Others too. Yeah. But I feel like it's most prevalent and iconic on these songs. And yeah, yeah it was, it, I feel like when we were growing up, dad always talked about Frampton Comes Alive. Ironically enough, you could tune a piano, but you can't tune a fish thriller in boston those were like the iconic albums yeah, from back yeah. in the day and like i feel like just the album sales alone like this is why this one has stood the test of time again just a suggestion you should need to add this into yeah, your collection guys but if you if see it get it because it's another cheap one it's it's, it's actually get marked up i should have brought it into the room um during the recording here. It's a gatefold, but it opens long way. Yeah, it, op it opens long way, and it's like a massive picture of him. Yeah, it's pretty it's sick. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, it's a weird gatefold where, like, if you orient the album the right way, it doesn't open like a book. It opens, like, front and back. Yeah, like a computer. I'd, yeah, like a computer. It doesn't really make sense, probably, if you're just listening to this episode. Great podcasting. But, uh, Why don't you just buy the album and see for yourself, guys? Yeah, buy the album, see for yourself. It's a must-have. Suggestion, but it's a must-have. Yeah. Um. Yeah. And, yeah. Yes. Happy we it's finally got to... our eyes. It might be a maybe-have in your eyes, but that's okay. Needless to say, glad we finally got to feature this one. Glad it popped in my head over the course of the last week, and I was like, why the, Why have we not featured this one yet? Um. Yeah it's a smash hit so it's great it's better than wiggly wiggly christmas so i think we all could agree it's better than wiggly wiggly christmas but uh yeah. we can move on there any parting shots for this one before we uh segue all right no, no, get it i guess with that 
we could probably transition into a little tape deck talk. Haven't done this in a couple of episodes, but we are kicking around some ideas, which we do have some new segments, not to derail the show here. We have some new segments coming down the pipe um, that will be rotating in over the course of the next couple of episodes, but didn't want to, you know, put the cart before the horse or like rush it or anything. So we figured we'd run through a little tape deck talk here. Um, and I will actually kick it off first with my three pack of cues. Uh, the first of which I'm going to actually start off with my trivia question. Maybe it's topical, uh, I guess, however you deem topical, but do you know who is the only singer to have a billboard number one hit on the pop charts in the last four decades? Yeah, I think you asked me this already. No, that's that's a that's a separate one. That's a separate one. I was thinking Dolly, but that's the last six decades, right? That's the last six decades. So in in excluding and also this is pop charts. This is pop charts. This is number one hits too. Dolly Parton. Yeah, to clarify, Dolly Parton has had a top I think one twenty five hit. Oh, in each of the last six decades. This is number one hit. Number one. With the 90s, the 2000s, the 2010s, and the 2020s. Yeah. Oh, God. Uh, okay, is it Mariah Carey with All I Want for Christmas? Nailed it. But that's not the song. Like yes. she's, just had, she's just had a banger, a number one oh, hit. Oh, really? In each of the last four decades. You know, all I want for Christmas I, is you is probably one of them. All I want for Christmas it finally is number one. Yeah. So it, it, that's why it, it's topical. like number one for the first time or something. It's a banger. We already got into it on the snake draft, but figured it was topical. You know, I figured you would probably get it uh, after I said that. But yeah, Mariah Carey's had a number one hit in each of the last four decades. Pretty wild. Nice. The pop queen herself. Um, okay, second cue for you. It's a little Mary Fuck Kill. Um, and it's three lead like singers. Yeah, I know you don't like those words, but I'm going to say them anyways. Three lead singers. Pretty tough, if you ask me. But it's Freddie Mercury, uh, Steve Perry, and Robert Plant. Okay. Oof. Oh, easy. 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 Oh, actually, between the two, it's tough. I'd get rid of Robert. I'd get rid of him. Robert Plant? I'd, I'd get rid of him. You're putting one between his eyes? Come on, guy. No, I would just send him on his way. I'd be like, get out of here, guy. Ooh. I would probably marry Frederick Farouk Balsara Freddie Mercury just let him whisper sweet nothings in your ear for yeah. uh, for all of eternity. Forever. Forever. And then I'd probably go to dinner and have a good time with Barry. I th- I'd say it's a pretty good good answer in my book. You know, I would say mine would be somewhat similar, except I would probably flip Robert Plant and Steve Perry. Really? Yeah. Not has nothing to do with Steve Perry's vocalist because uh, I feel like if I say that I'm uh, I'm kicking Steve Perry to the curb, some Dad fans here might some fans might be uh, offended. But through your phone, like Apple does, where they're like, he's gonna call me later tonight and be like, I can't believe you don't think Steve Perry's good. Yeah, that's yeah, he would do that. But yeah, I think I'm I'm marrying Freddie. I'm uh, kicking Perry to the curb, and I'm. Uh, Interesting. I'm having a time with Robbie, Robert Plant here. Yeah, I just, I feel like Robert Plant, for whatever reason, he, he doesn't get respect. Everyone, he's always in the, somewhere in the top of the list of lead singers. But, you know, I feel like when you're in a band with Jimmy Page and John Bonham, for some reason, I have no idea why Robert Plant always gets forgotten. Well, don't forget John Paul Jones. Yeah, JPJ. JPJ is what uh, people don't even think about. JPJ. They see John Bonham and He's the and best uh, musician in the band. Hot take. Yeah, verbal meme. Uh, it's uh the guy walking down the street and the girls Robert Plant and then he turns around and it's uh Jimmy Page and and John Bonham. 
So, yeah. Robert Plant doesn't, as uh, Rodney Dangerfield would say, ain't getting no respect. So, you know, big Robert Plant fan. So had to have him on there. Um, But, okay, this one, my last cue here, it's a little bit of a musical debate. Just want to throw this topic out there and see what you think. See if we can go on a, a little bit of a, you know, a debate, I guess you could call it. But why do you think vinyl is making such a big comeback? You know, we talk about vinyl a lot on this on this podcast. Very passionate about about that. And we're both big collectors. So why do you think that's making a comeback? But older technology, other older technology, I guess you could say, like CDs or tapes aren't picking up similar steam. Like what is so iconic about vinyl or what is so really not or what's so like meh about cds and and tapes the cds and tapes aren't in cars anymore so i think that's a big issue but vinyl isn't in cars yeah but it's an experience though you know like you turn it on you put the record on you have to put the needle down then you flip it and it's a lot of work and it's cool like for cds like you're just looking at this little tiny like four by four square and for like vinyls you're looking at this big cardboard piece that has design on it and it's got information on the inside about the songs and sometimes it has a pamphlet with the lyrics on it that you could sing and with a cd you just kind of plug it in and forget it yeah it's plastic it's kind of cheap what about tapes though i know you're a big tape guy oh, i love tapes i wish i want tapes to come back why aren't tapes getting no respect I don't know, but I, I want tapes to come back. I love tapes. So tapes are, I don't know. I think it's the same thing. Like it's kind of like VHS. Like they're easy to break too. Yeah. You know, the, the little tape gets unwound and then you're fucked. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I th- well, you I have mean, to rewind a tape too. Like tape recorders are just so hard to find. Like I found one, but it's like a Bluetooth speaker. And it's just cheap. Yeah. So. I was never a tape guy, I so. Like a nice I want to find a Walkman. Oh, a Walkman. Now we're now we're really throwing it back. Yeah. Well, yeah, I, I, we had one. Like Star Lord. What about the Walkman with the uh, CDs that we had back I in the day? I don't know what happened to the Walkman that we used to have for for tapes. It's probably in mom and dad's house somewhere. The yellow one. Yeah. It's got to be in their house somewhere. I'm going to go purge that house and find it. What about the CD Walkman, though? I know where those are. Those things were lit. Rascals. Unbelievable. Yeah. CDs. The one that I'm really interested in is tapes. Because I can see why CDs are just lame and stupid. Um, And they're, they're in a plastic case. and they, But, like, tapes are as well. I don't know. I feel like there's like a nostalgia around tapes and vinyl that like just isn't really there for CDs. I think tapes will come back, man. So speaking of of tapes, maybe like it would be cool if they did. It would be very interesting to see how they're phased back in because I feel like they I feel like it was like eras like, you know, you had vinyl for forever, you know, not forever, but like dating back to like, you know, the gramophone and, and shit like that. And then tapes come along, I feel like, in the late 70s. I watched, like, a time-lapse video about, like, the circulation of different types of physical media, like, starting with vinyl, tapes, CDs, and then, like, download and streaming. Mm -hmm. And it was, like, tapes had it for, like, such a short amount of time. Like, vinyl was it for, you know, let's call it 50 years. Tapes had it for, like, 10 years. CDs had it for, 20 I don't years. know, 15 to 20 years. Yeah. And then streaming, and then you could say like streaming started pulling in market share, maybe around like the last like five years, CDs were relevant. But like tapes were, and eight tracks were like this much time, like such a small amount of time. But like, if you look at this time-lapse video, it's like, Vinyl completely falls off the face of the earth. Tapes skyrocket for the short amount of time and then also fall off the face of the earth. Like there was no like sustained success for tapes. I don't know. It's just interesting, I guess you could say. Maybe. You never know. 
who knows, never know. Maybe these, these kids will start coming to school with Walkman. Early, I guess you could call it millennials were big tapes because that was like the 80s. So, you know, maybe there'll be a nostalgia for tapes one day. But yeah, it was really interesting to maybe kick it back to vinyl. Like once it fell off the face of the earth, like I think in the early. Definitely in the 2000s and like early 2010s, I think there were only about three or four vinyl production facilities in the entire country maybe even like in all of north america and it was really honestly you want to know what i think it is it's artists and the consumer like you know your everyday joe schmo that wants to purchase it but it's also the artists rock and roll hall of fame there were vinyls and like i think like lady gaga or something released an album on vinyl and yeah that's what i'm saying and we're like i don't know it's artists it was artists that started pushing it being like we're gonna start releasing on vinyl again and with like new music not just like re-releasing their old music but like release a new album on cd and downloadable uh music but also like vinyl and i know you probably don't want to hear this but uh gaga and t swift were actually like some of the first big uh champions of bringing vinyl back in the 2010s well i like gaga okay it's just that and early swizz you like the swizz just the early travis kelsey's girlfriend hey it's the same person same person guy just different music that's whatever but all right I guess with that we can we can uh, end the debate or topic there. Yeah. Probably tired of us go. just rambling about vinyl, and I'll kick it over to you for your three go. pack of cues. Okay, what country music legend was medically discharged from the Air Force after only nine months due to back problems? Country music legend. Oh yeah. They still alive? I can't tell you. I would say Willie, Willie Nelson. Yeah. And boy, I, I kind of pulled that one out of my butt, but I, uh, I just, for whatever reason, you know, he's still touring and performing, but he's, he's sitting the entire time. And for whatever reason, I was like, maybe he's always just had back problems, but now that he's old, it's even more prevalent. So. That might be the first trivia I've gotten right on the first try in a while. I'm proud of you. Thanks, guy. I appreciate it. You can get this one. What Green Day song plays during the final episode of Seinfeld? See, I'm I'm not going to lie. I'm a huge Seinfeld guy. Big, big Seinfeld fan. But I don't watch the last season that much because that was after... um, Larry David stopped writing for the show and it was just Jerry Seinfeld. It's still hilarious, but it's just, it doesn't hit the same um, as it did for like the first. When did the final episode air? 90, 95? I don't know. I'll say long view. Is it off dookie? No. I don't know. Good riddance, time of your life, man. Oh, oh I should have known that one. That's a gem. Banger. Should have known. Like, is that like right at the end, like the final credits play? I have no idea. I'll have to look it up. Yeah. I'll have to go back and watch the last episode. Like I said, I don't watch the last season that much just because I'm. I, I much prefer the the seasons where Larry David is writing, but I guess I'll have to go back and brush up on the last season. So, so if you get this one, um, I'm going to ask you another one. You might get this one. So during what Aerosmith song does Steven Tyler use a sugar packet as a maraca? I know it. Sweet emotion. Okay, I'm going to ask you another one then. I have, I, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to turn the gun on you. Do you need an ambulance? No, I, you, I need one for you. That's horrible verbal meme, but do you know, do you know what is so interesting about the beginning of sweet emotion? Shaker thing breaks. 
Yeah, the thing that went like like the that broke. Steven and you can and you can hear it in the background like Steven Tyler laughing. And they kept it in. They kept it in because it sounded cool. So, but yeah, he's using a sugar packet as maracas. I knew that one. I'm hot today. I'm 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 uh I'm on the tips of my toes. I'm buzzing. Let's go. Uh, do you know what singer is the backup vocals on "You're So Vain"? You're so vain. I bet you think this song is about you. You're so vain. I'm stalling. Um, James Taylor. Carol King, James Taylor. No, no. Carol King. Stop! You just keep guessing the same person. Joni Mitchell. No. I don't know. All right, when I say it, you're gonna realize it. Mick Jagger. What? <laughs> Mick Jagger? Yeah. I'm gonna have to go back and listen to that tonight. Yeah, you'll be able to hear it. You'll be able to hear it. It's very obvious. Like, is he the one that's you're going like? You're so vain. No, he's the you're so vain. You're so vain. I bet yeah. you think the song is about you, don't you? Great song. Right, I'm going to listen to it after we uh, drop off for the night era. I did not know that. Yep. I guess I can't say I was too buzzing. I got a couple of cues there. It gave me the fourth bonus cue that stumped me there, so... All right. Well, I think we could probably put a wrap on this episode going for about an hour. Um, like I said, we got some fun stuff coming in 2024. A couple of fun new segments that me and Mike are workshopping that we're going to iron out for the next couple of episodes. Maybe a reoccur- a new reoccurring segment mm-hmm. that we're going to be phasing in uh, every couple of episodes, maybe. Um, so make sure that you stay tuned. Like I said, like, subscribe. Rate and review on Spotify. My voice is giving out here. And on Apple uh, Podcast if you're an Apple boy or gal. Um, and make sure you hit us up on Instagram. Like, subscribe as well. We uh, we appreciate all the support on social media and whatnot. We're going to grow this brand. We're going to keep the train rolling into 2024. Hopefully and, uh, you know. Get advertised by Molson. So I don't have to maybe. Worry. No free ads. No free ads. But, yeah, I mean, you know, before you know it, we're actually going to be it. At the end of season one of the Atrax podcast here in a couple months. So, you know, it'll be here before you know it, but we got a lot of fun stuff. Don't want to, uh, like I said, put the cart before the horse and pleasure as always, Mike. It's good chatting. Yeah, as always, keep trucking, enjoy the ride. And if you get confused, listen to the music play.